Hello and welcome to Account Instruction Help and How To. In this lecture we're going to talk about bank reconciliations. We will be able to, at the end of this, describe what a bank reconciliation is, perform a bank reconciliation, make needed adjustments to our accounts in the reconciliation process, and record any adjustments necessary at that time. The bank reconciliation is the second most important check that any company can have. It's an internal control in many ways, but it's an internal control, an internal control that both large companies and small companies should have. Even if we're a sole proprietor, we really should be reconciling the bank statements. And the reason is it's, it's our second best check against making errors. What's the first best check against making errors? It's called the double entry accounting system. So the fact that we're in balance, that's our first best check. That's why we have the double entry accounting system. If we put our data into a database program, then the database program basically forces us to be in balance. We still want to understand it, but the database program will force us to be in balance, so it'll force us to have that check. And the second biggest check that we really have is the fact that, remember, like 70% of our transactions, most of the cycles cycle through cash at one time or another. Therefore, if we have a double check on the cash, that really gives us a double check on many different processes. And we do have a double check on cash because the bank is recording its own records. The bank's records are separate from our records, even though they're recording our records. And so if we just get our copy of our records that they're recording for us, the bank statement, at the end of each month, and then tie it out to what we have on our records, that really gives us a good check of what is going on. Now, when in that process, what we're going to do, of course, is we're just going to get the bank statement as of the end of each month, and we're going to get our books at the end of each month. And if we look at our financial statements on the cash balance, or more precisely, if we looked at each individual cash account on the trial balance, because we may have more than one checking account, of course, we're going to reconcile all of them, then you would think that that number on the trial balance as of the end of the time period, let's say it's the end of January, January 31st, month end, we're reconciling to the bank, we got the bank statement for January 31st, we're going to compare that to what is on our books for cash in that particular account and on January 31st, and they don't match, and they're almost never going to match. So why is this the case? Why are we going to get a bank statement of our account and it never matches our books? Did someone make a mistake? Did the bank make a mistake? Probably not. Did we make a mistake? Probably, but we'll have to fix it. We'll fix that as we go. Even if we didn't make a mistake, and that mistake isn't really our fault, there's going to be some things that we're just going to probably pull from the bank's statement. But in any case, even if no mistakes were made on either side, then we are going to have timing differences. And those timing differences have to do with the fact that we know that we wrote checks, but those checks haven't cleared the bank yet. And why haven't they cleared the bank? Because if we write a check, you can think about your rent check or something like that. If we write the rent check and we give it to the, to the rental agency at the end of the month, then as of the 31st, we wrote the check. They have to receive the check. They have to take that check to their bank. They have to deposit it in their bank. And then their bank has to contact our bank and clear the check. That could take some time. Therefore, transactions that are close to the end of the time period, we expect that there's going to be timing differences. We're going to expect that those may not have cleared in January from the bank's standpoint. They may be clearing in February, and that's going to be the kind of issue that uh, we're going to have to take a look at. The flip side of that is, of course, the deposit side of that. On the deposit side, we could have deposited something at the end of the month, and it hasn't yet been cleared the bank. Now, that shouldn't happen. That shouldn't take too much time. That should be deposited within like three days. So the deposits, there are probably going to be less um, of them, but they could be larger dollar amounts because our deposits could be larger. 
on the outstanding checks, if we send it to someone like a, a state agency or someone that, that's slow to process checks, possibly, then it's quite possible that that outstanding check could be outstanding for, you know, months, a couple months even, if, if it went to someone who doesn't routinely deposit their checks in a routine fashion. So we'll have to kind of monitor that as we go. But if we say, hey, this is the bank balance, the difference between the bank balance and our balance are these specific checks and these specific topic uh, deposits that have not yet cleared and we're confident then they will clear that means everything else looks pretty good that means we can dub we've double checked our books we said their their books the bank third party recording our stuff is the same as the stuff that we're recording over here double checked it that's huge in terms of, of an internal control so if we think about this process what are we going to start with at the end of each month we're going to get a bank statement if we think about a bank statement, I'm going to do a February 28th bank statement. So at the end of the month of February, usually a bank statement will have kind of a breakout of the beginning balance from the last end of last month or the beginning of this month. Then it's going to have additions, things like deposits. And then it's going to have uh, subtractions, things like checks or withdrawals or fees that reduce the account. Then it'll have the ending balance as of the end of the month. So in our example, I've got a 15,043 beginning balance, a 2,110 additions in terms of deposits, and then deductions of 1,857 for an ending balance of 15,296. So it's important to physically look at that because then we'll have the breakout of the detail, meaning we'll have the deposits that are going to add up. So we'll have the deposits by date that will add up to that 2,110. And then we'll have the withdrawals and the checks, the things that are going to decrease, which will include checks, which will generally have the date, it'll have the check number, and it'll have the amount. It'll also have other things, other things which oftentimes we may not have recorded yet. For example, uh, if we had some, like if in our personal account, if we have withdrawals, we have an ATM withdrawal, that, that might not have been in there. If we have a small business and we, we had a withdrawal that we didn't record for cash purposes, that might not be in there. Service charges aren't, may not be in there. If we bought checks and stuff like that, those may not be in there. So those are the types of things we'll have to take a look at. Now we're going to compare that to our end. Now if we look at our end, we're going to look at, we can look at the, the balance sheet or the trial balance for that particular cash account. And we're going to say uh, the, the ending balance for the books accounts is 15296 If we just run like the trial balance or for that date for February 28th and we see our balance, we would say oh, our balance is 16338 our balance is not the same as the book balance as of that same specific point in time. Then we need to drill down on the differences. We need to go through and look at the differences. Now you can imagine the differences. I mean, if we looked at the general ledger, you can look at the differences because the general ledger has given us the detail. We could go through there and kind of tick and tie the activity that was in there from the prior balance. So we can look at the, at the prior balance, look at the things that have cleared from the prior balance that hadn't cleared last time, that did clear this time, and then look for the things this time that have not yet cleared. Those differences, those outstanding checks and those outstanding deposits, that should be the difference. We also need to consider the fact that we may have some stuff that we didn't record. And we're going to have to pick those up. And it's possible that the bank made an error. And most people think that that's why we reconciled it. Guard against that bank, you know, screwing up. But usually, usually we're check we're double checking our books a lot of times. So usually we're, put we're putting the things on there that our legitimate charges that we're saying, okay, yeah, we didn't record like the withdrawals. We didn't record the bank charges. So the general rule's usually going to be this. If it's on the bank statement, but it's not on our books when we compare the two, it's probably the case that we're going to add them to our books 
And I'm just going to do that. I'm just going to add them to our books. I'm going to fix it as we go. And on the other hand, if it's on our books and it's not on the bank statement, that's probably because it's a timing issue. It's probably because we wrote the check or deposited the deposit towards the end of the time period and therefore it hasn't been recorded by the bank. That's what's going to go on the bank statement. That's the legitimate differences that we're not going to journalize away. That's not an error on our end. It's not an error on the bank's end. It's just the fact that we need to record that difference due to timing. Now, when we compare our books, what we're going to do is we're just going to compare our number, our beginning balance, where we ended up reconciling last time, meaning we, our beginning balance is going to be 1543. That's going to equal the, ending, the, the beginning balance of 1543 for the bank. Now, on our books, that does not necessarily mean that that is the balance as of the beginning of this statement period, meaning February 1st or January 31st, because remember, we had those outstanding items last time. So it's the balance as of the end of January is our ending balance, plus or minus those transitional checks that are still outstanding. We have, for example, 15043 and there are three items that were still outstanding. There was a deposit of 680 there was a um, check we're going to say of 250 and another check of 1200 so we are expecting those to clear the bank in february although we had recorded them in january because we recorded them when we wrote the check and the bank is recording them when they clear the check so what we're going to do now is we're just going to go through these transactions and we're just going to tick and tie and we're imagining the the bank statement on one side and our GL basically activity on the other side, starting at the beginning balance that was cleared last time period at the end of January, beginning February 1st, and uh, going through the end of this time period. So if we look at our activity on the bank, we're saying deposits. We see a deposit, and all we do is tick and tie this out. And if we have a long bank statement with a lot of transactions, this can be tedious, but uh, this is the process, and we're gonna tick and tie everything out. Anything that's left, that's what's outstanding. So I'm going to say, for example, the deposits, I'm just going to list through them. First deposit on the bank, it says on 2-1 for 680. It cleared the bank on February 1st. If I look at our books, uh, we wrote it on January, it was written on January 20th. So it took a little bit, but it did clear. So we're happy about it. So that was a deposit. I'm just ticking, tying it off. Now the dates are going to be different, of course. The date for the bank is going to be later than the date that we recorded the deposit because we recorded it when it happened and the bank had to wait until it processed. So then we're seeing a deposit on the bank statement of 215, February 15 of 500, and I'm gonna go over to our books, and we recorded that as of February 7th. So I'm just gonna tick and tie those out, check those off. We have the next one, a deposit of 221 on the, on the bank statement for 420. If I look for 420 on our book activity, it's on February 20th in our book activity, so there's that one. And then we had the, two, the February 24th on the bank statements. We're imagining 510. And then we're just going to tick and tie that to our books, 510. And that's all we do. We say, okay, we found those. Let's see if we just tick and tie everything off on the, the deduction side, including checks and withdrawals. And whatever's left is going to be the difference, of course. So we're going to say uh, there's, a, there's a check as of February 2nd, check 1005 for 250. And if we go up to our accounts, we see that that was actually written on January 23rd. The bank has it cleared on January, uh, on February 3rd, but the check number will match. It'll be uh, 1005 and the dollar amount will match. So it's got to be the same check. 
the timing will just be the difference. That's what was the timing difference last month that cleared this month. And then we have on uh, February 3rd, check number 1007, 1200. So if I look to, to our activity, if I imagine our activity on the general ledger, we would just find that activity and say, okay, check number 1007, checking that off. Next transaction, check number 1009, $75. We're going to our activity and we see check 01009, $75. We're going to check that off. And lastly, we see a check for 1008 for $250 and check 1008, 250. We see that on our balance as well. Those are all the checks that we have. And we haven't yet recorded the other deductions, including a withdrawal and a, uh, a bank service fee. But now that we've recorded all the checks, I see a couple transactions in terms of checks and one deposit that we have not cleared. So if we looked at our books now, I'd say, hmm, if I looked on my book side, I got a check that we wrote on February 25th for 130. I've got a check that we wrote on February 28th for 110. And we had a deposit on February 28th for 1,200. Is that, is that, first of all, that will be part of the difference, of course, because we checked everything off. We had the same beginning balance. We ticked and tied all the activity between the bank statement and our books. And we're left with this activity here as part of the difference. And that's going to be part of the difference. Now, are we concerned about that? Not too much yet, because we would assume that these two checks hadn't cleared because they just hadn't cleared yet. They haven't cleared. They haven't gotten to the bank yet. And the deposit was made on the last day of the month. Therefore, it would be reasonable that it hadn't cleared yet. If we're questioning it, we have a question on it. We're going to check the bank statement as of Feb, as of uh, March, the next month, and see if it had cleared in March. So we know those transactions that are on our books that are not on the bank statement, those are going to be part of our reconciling activity. Now, we also had some stuff on the bank statement that wasn't on the books. They weren't deposits and they weren't normal checks. They were the other stuff that happened. The other stuff being the withdrawals. So apparently we went and withdrew cash and we didn't record that. And in our case, there's a bank service charge. So we, when a bank does a service charge, it's not like they tell us. They just take it, <laughs> they just take it out of the account. Those two aren't, those are differences in the about balance that we have on the books compared to what the, what the bank has. But those aren't balances that we're just going to record. Hey, there's just a difference here. And that's what the difference is. We could, but really what we need to do is fix that. I mean, it's not like that we're ever, that $80 and that $2 is not a timing difference. We are never going to get that $80 back. Those deductions are going to have to be something that we should just journalize. I'm just going to journalize them out and fix it at this point in time. Those are things that we need to enter into our books and lower our book balance. The other things that are on our books, the checks that are outstanding and the deposits, they're just outstanding. They're going to reverse themselves next month, hopefully, when they clear the bank statement. So what I'm going to do now is make the journal entry related to the withdrawals and the bank service charge. So if we think about these journal entries, we're just going to go in and we're going to fix them. We're going to think about our trial balance. We have the cash account of a, of a debit balance of 16338 We need to do something to it in order to account for the fact that the bank has something in terms of decreasing the balance that we don't have. Therefore, we're going to have to decrease the balance. I'm going to start with this $80. There's a withdrawal of $80. So if we make the journal entry, that, that part's easy. I know cash has to go down. Cash is a debit balance. We're going to do the opposite thing to it, which in this case is a credit. So I'm going to make a credit, bottom account, $80, decreasing cash. 
problem often is figuring out what the other side is, right? What's the debit again? We're going to have to debit something now for $80. In terms of with withdrawal, cash being notorious for, we don't know exactly what it was for. Someone withdrew $80. So we might put it into uh, meals and entertainment or something like that, miscellaneous expense. If we don't have a receipt for it, hopefully we have a receipt for it and we can kind of put it somewhere where we know. If we don't, then it's probably some type of expense. We're going to put it, we could put it into miscellaneous expense in this case so we're going to debit miscellaneous expense in this case and that's going to be the transaction we record that we have miscellaneous expense of zero that's going to be our starting number and then it went up by eighty dollars to eighty dollars and what happened to the income statement went down and then we have cash started at sixteen thousand six i mean sixteen thousand three thirty eight that was our beginning balance in cash we credited it by the eighty dollars bringing it down now we're going to do the same thing for the service charge. So the service charge, the bank charged us in this case $2. They charge us $2 for service charges for the service of the month. And uh, that could vary greatly in terms of if there's checks that bounce and this kind of thing, or if we bought checks. And, they, and so we're going to say we have a service charge. So it's only $2 for us. So we just need to record that. We know that we're never going to get that back. We're just going to have to decrease our balance by the $2. So we're, once again, I'm going to make another journal entry crediting cash for two dollars so we're going to credit cash for two dollars it's going to be on the bottom and then we're going to have to debit something and again you know we don't know we don't know exactly where to put that two dollars is small so some people might put that in the miscellaneous expense as well i like to track how much the bank charges us so i even you know i put it in the bank service charge many companies will say it's a bank service charge expense that's what i'm going to put it into so i'm going to make an expense account bank service charge expense debit at two dollars credit cash two dollars if we then record that we're going to debit bank service charge. It's an expense account. Expenses have debit balances. It's going to go up in the debit direction and it's going to make net income therefore go down. And we're going to credit cash, making cash go down. After those two journal entries, then we have an ending balance in cash of 16256 So instead of just reconciling those differences on the bank reconciliation, I'm actually just writing down the cash for those non-temporary things, the things that we need to record the things that are usually on the bank statement that aren't on our books. So now we are matching the bank statement. We checked everything off now. We checked all the checks off. We found a home for all the checks in our activity. We found a home for all the deposits on the bank statement in our activity, our book activity. And now we've recorded these other two items. So now they are in our trial, our journal entry. They are in our general ledger as well. The only things, differences are then, nothing on the bank statement is not on our books. But we have the outstanding checks. We had two outstanding checks of one outstanding deposit on our books as of February that aren't on the bank statement. And again, of course, that's because we're assuming that they will clear the bank next month. So, for example, we had two checks for 130 and 110. Those are going to be the ones that we're going to record on the bank reconciliation. So now we have a bank reconciliation and a starting point of the bank balance so we're going to say the bank balance we're going to pull the ending bank balance we're going to say the bank balance from the bank statement ending bank balance was 15,296 then we're going to make these timing differences adjustments the first one being due to outstanding checks $130 $110 adding up to $240 so these outstanding checks are things that decreased our balance so if we're starting at the bank balance and we're trying to get to our balance and see what the difference is Starting at the bank balance, we'd have to decrease the checks that are not included in the bank balance, but which should be because they were they were made before the end of the month. Now, it's not the bank's fault. It's the fact they will clear. They'll clear next month. 
And then we're going to do the same thing for the outstanding deposit. This one was made on February 28th. Therefore, it hadn't cleared the bank yet. And it's because it's the end of the month. So we're going to say that that is something that increased our balance. So if we're starting on the bank balance, then we're going to have to increase the bank balance in order to get to our balance. And so that's going to be the activity we're going to have. We're going to have the bank balance was 15296 uh, We're going to subtract 240 outstanding checks from it. We're going to add 1200 outstanding deposit. That will give us the book balance, which is the 16256 Now, us being able to do that is huge now because now we know exactly what that difference is. We can say, hey, the, the bank statement is exactly what we have. They've double-checked our books by running those books and doing the exact same thing that we've done. So we've got a third-party person that basically did the, the books for us in that format. In terms of the cash, we know exactly what the difference is, and therefore we can be confident on everything else. And then if we are worried about these differences, of course, the 130 outstanding deposit, the 110 outstanding deposit, and the 1,200, especially that's probably the most worrisome of the sorry, the 130 check, the 110 check, and the 1,200 deposit, we're probably most worried about the deposit. But that should clear pretty soon. So remember, we're probably doing the bank reconciliation sometime in uh, March, like March 15th or something. We'd have to at least get the bank statement before we can reconcile it. And so we can go to, to the bank and say, hey, has this 1,200 cleared the bank in March? Give us a bank cutoff or check the online banking and see that that has cleared. The same should be true for the checks, although it might take a bit more time for the checks to clear.